Thank you so much for joining us this evening. My name is Amani Aila. I'm sitting in for my brother Kissinger. Uh, this is Adam's Cave, where men have their conversation and deep conversation. So we believe you're going to have a good time. If you're a man, please sit by and be uh, ministered to. Enjoy this fellowship and you're going to be blessed. With me today, we are honored to have one Bishop J.B. Masinde of Deliverance. Karibu sana skofu. Asante sana, Amani. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you. It is a cave. It is a cave. <laughs> oh my God. Where we can come and just have our issues. So because it is like, important. So people like we grew up in the city here, we are in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I did not live anywhere near bush or forest on a farm. Right now we can modernize even a cave to be, you know, a relevant current uh, cave. Let it be. Let's talk like Adam's cave. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Wow. Yes. Maybe we have your highlight even as we start this week. How has it been for you? Uh, it's been, uh, the week, as you are aware, Amani, has been, we are recording this during the week when uh, the fifth resident of the Republic of Kenya, yeah. uh, His Excellency Dr. William Samoy Ruto, uh, just took his oath of office on Tuesday, yeah. mm. and he assumed the office. And um, personally, I'm so, so grateful uh, because of the peace that Kenya has gone through in this transition. Mm. Uh, because, you know, there are very many uh, uh, naysayers who, whenever they see an African country go through an election, uh, they come up with all kinds of um, uh, predictions and uh, uh, travel advisories and st stuff like that. Mm. But just to, Amani, to see the peace, the calm, that, and the maturity, which with the, the campaigns were done, of course, uh, Churches are known as Kosa Papa Napal. Yes, yes. It's too poor. Papa yes. Napal. But we, I don't know, these churches are maneno during the campaigns, during the election, during even the, uh, when uh, the court case and after. Churches are maneno, but well, Lakini, while Kenya, by and large, yes. have remained calm, mm -hmm. remained, they are going about their business. Yeah. It's like the country has said, you know what? Let's move on. Mm. The election is an event. It's over. Let's move on. And we sit here. Let's congratulate uh, His Excellency, yes. uh, William Samuel Ruto, and just pray for him and wish him well. Mm. Because if he succeeds, Kenya succeeds. If he does well, Kenya does well. Mm. Uh, therefore, it is important and incubated upon us as, as Kenyans and as men. Christian men, for yes. that matter, yes. from our cave. Mm. <laughs> Paul says, I wish that all men everywhere pray for kings. Yes. The word, he uses the word kings deliberately because kings are not elected. Mm. Just like you see in England, they are going through a trans. The UK, they are going through a, a transition. Yes. The queen, her majesty the queen, passed on. And immediately, her son, Charles, became King Charles. King Charles III. Mm. There's no election. Mm. You, you understand me now? Yes. Which means, whether you voted for him or not, mm. this time, now that he is in mm. office, let's pray for him. Uh, Bishop, yes. there was a lot of uh, talk on the exact date, you know, the 13th, uh, mm. being sworn in on the 13th. The 13th is not a good number in <laughs> biblical terms. <laughs> Those are European superstitions. Yeah. Those are European superstitions. And they had their own reasons. 
13. Mm. But it's not Christian. It's not in the Bible. Uh, we, we, you quote, yeah, I have a Bible, yeah. How about Tell, numbers? Like seven is uh, number of raised yeah, perfection. I, I know, but yeah. uh, so 13 is a, is a number of bad luck. Where do you calculate it from? You understand me now? Yes, yes. Because uh, it, once you get into typology, because that's what you're using now. Okay. That one is a number of. Uh -huh. Three is a number of. Yes. We call that typology. Five. The fifth. Uh, uh, yeah, six. Uh -huh. The fifth. Mm -hmm. you, you, see, once you get into typology, you've got to be very careful how you interpret typology. Because there's no standard way of interpreting typology. You understand me okay. now? Okay. So you you may say, okay, European mythology, 13 is an unlucky number. You may go to Japan and find that is the best number ever. How about we go the biblical? Biblical, okay. What Bible? Like for instance. That's why I brought my Bible here. Yeah. Tell me. <laughs> <laughs> because most of them the are Christians actually was uh, Christi pushing that. The constitution of Kenya says it must be on this Tuesday. So that is what the constitution says. So when the writers of this constitution are writing, to them, they knew that Tuesday can fall on any date. And then let me put it this way. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. Can I put it this okay. way? Mm -hmm. um, when you are a child of God, the Bible says you can pass through the valley of the shadow of death, but it shall not mm. touch you. There are Good Christians I know who are born on the 13th. Live alone being just on the 13th. Yeah. A Friday. Yeah. In fact, if you want really, yes. you want to push it, yeah. it should have been a Friday. Yeah. <laughs> you understand me now? But it wasn't a Friday. It was a Tuesday. Okay. Uh, you, you follow up what I'm saying? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I know Christians, fantastic men and women of God who are so successful in their careers, who are born on 13th and it was a Friday when it's supposed to be so bad. Listen, okay. this is all... Uh, that's what I'm telling you, mythology, yeah. superstition. Even in our own African communities, communities, we have superstition that if you come out of, you are going on, and you meet a woman first, it will be a Babadi Jani, shut up. Yeah. Or if you, if a, a squirrel. Yes. Eh? Or even a cat. Or a cat crosses yeah. the road. Yeah. We, they, you live on a farm, there are squirrels who will cross. Cats yeah. will cross. Sure. You, don't, you don't stop your journey. Oh, be, oh the, the yeah. oh. <laughs> yeah. you, you understand? Yeah. We cannot live in a world of superstition. Yeah. We let go of past traditions that held us. And now we are embracing the word of God. Amen. And we are moving. All things have become new. We are moving in the new that God is doing. So let's not put any, whether it was the 13th, it was the 9th, listen, it was the 1st, it was the 7th. It doesn't matter what day it was. Our constitution says it must be this Tuesday after being confirmed. That's when it must happen. All right. And that's what we are following. Okay. Yeah. All right. Mm. Uh, what do you make of uh, President Ruto's speech? Did anything stand out for you? Uh, or even the deputy president? Uh, I listened mm. to his speech. Um, let's begin. You start. Let's begin with uh, the deputy president. All right. Uh, who spoke more of, of the cuff yeah. uh, than a written speech. Yes. And um, he came across as a person who has gone through a turbulent time to reach that place. And you can see, you could hear that also in there. When the president started, he said, it has taken God for us to be here. Mm. So you can really see the, what they are saying, 
this was not by might. It was not by power. Yeah. It was by God's spirit, mm. which to me, I'd say, to give the glory to God, it is a unique thing in any campaign for someone to stand up, I say, whether it's an American president, a British prime minister, a pre of any country, mm. but for a president to stand up and say, to start with, it has taken God to be here, and he must give God the glory. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. To me, as a churchman, yeah. as a man of faith, I say amen to that. Mm. And to me, that was a major, major highlight. Okay. Because it has taken God, and anybody looking at whatever was happening, it must have taken God for anybody to go over that 50% plus yeah. one, whoever would go that, you yeah. have to take the hand of God. Mm. You know, that's one. Number two, uh, the deputy president, um, His Excellency Rigadi, said, take care of your family. Mm. And that's a message, since we are in Adam's cave, yes. that's important for men to understand. Yes. Because it's very easy for men as you advance in your life and in your career uh, to relegate your family uh, to a place whereby you think they need me more than I need them. The Bible says that God sets the solitary into families. Mm. There is a reason why God established the family. Yes. It's like a place of solace for every man. And it's important, that's another take home we can take from there as men, mm. that when your business partners fail, political colleagues fail you, and everything is going against you, there is a place you can go back to, and that's called your family. Mm. And there you, to them, you, you are a hero. You are a father. Mm. You are a friend. You are welcome. And... Um, they are not judging you. They are not looking at you judgmentally. They receive you as you, as who you are. And that to me was a major, major take home for every man listening. Mm. That if you had ignored your family, go back and work on them. If you had ignored your wife and children and thought, that's my wife, those are my children, and you take them for granted, that's something you can say, you know what? Let me cultivate a very close relationship with my wife and my children. Because mm. when everything, even if I'm a pastor, my, it's my wife who normally tells the church, uh, I know this, she normally tells them, I know this is your pastor. But after he, <laughs> you have, he has preached to you, prayed for you, laid hands on you, blessed you, mm. he is so tired. You are, in fact, she says, you have sucked all the juices out of him. Mm. He normally comes back to me. To revive him. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm the one. Uh, you understand me now? Yeah, yeah. So, the family uh, for a man and a man, you have not succeeded until you are able to harness your immediate family, mm -hmm. your wife and your children, and make listen to the word I'm going to use here, money. Mm -hmm. Make them your friends. Okay. So that your sons know this man is my friend. Mm -hmm. Your wife, you don't live with your, just with us, husband and wife. But okay. You are buddies. Okay. You are friends with your wife. And your children know our father is our friend. Your grandchildren know our grandpa is our friend. That is very, very useful. All right. And that's a place you'll need to fall back to. 
again and again. It is not the first time we've had uh, leaders talking about families. I remember uh, former president Uru Kenyatta once mentioned in a public event uh, that there are more single parent uh, kind of families that are really increasing in number in the country. Not all have the benefit of enjoying the presence of a father. Mm. And it seems like uh, the rate at which that is happening is too high to a point that it is being mentioned in such uh, events uh, by high caliber people. How do, we, how, how do we ensure that we revive the essence of a man in a family? Amani, <laughs> you are touching a very, a very interesting point here. And I remember the, the time when uh, His Excellency the President Uru Kenyatta made that statement. Yeah. It was during the COVID pandemic. Yeah. You remember? Yeah. Uh, two things came into play here. Uh, because schools were closed. Mm. Places of worship, churches were closed. And suddenly, in the three months when these two institutions were under lockdown, the country realized there are a lot of teenage pregnancies. Mm. And that's, it was like, it was a pandemic. I remember talking to one principal of a high school in Nairobi, and she told me about a third of the girls in her school came back either pregnant or already mothers. Mm. So it was a tragedy. Where do men fit into this? They fit into this because it is men who plant these seeds. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Girls, look, the days of a virgin conceiving and bringing forth a child is over. Yes, it's over. It was done. Yeah. So, so the, the, the Lord, God did not say, virgins shall conceive. Mm. He says, a virgin. Mm. So that virgin is Mary. It's already happened. So the others, there is a man there's an agent involved, and that agent is... And that's why, when you're talking about Adam scale, we need to start checking ourselves as men. Mm. Because unless we as men maintain a high moral standard in society, we're in serious trouble. And I'd like to address the men of Kenya. Because... About 10 days ago, I was talking to one of our top lady doctors in this country. Mm. We saw concern about teenage pregnancy, abortions, you, you know, protecting life, mm. uh, the, unborn, the unborn child. And, her, and she's not just concerned, she's done something about it. Okay. Because she's come up with centers that take care of these girls who become pregnant out of wedlock and she's able to help them walk through that pregnancy and even give the babies for adoption or even be helped to take care of their own babies if they want to keep them. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking about Dr. Jean Kagia. Okay. And I commend her work with these Kyoto movements and all that. But as we were talking, one thing came up and that's what research has shown. And this is where men, we need to address ourselves and we need to retrace our steps. And it's important talking about this. 
many of these girls who are becoming, who have teenagers who are becoming pregnant, you'll find a lot of it is happening in the homes, Ayla. Okay. That's a tragedy. It's either by an uncle, a brother, a close relative. Some of these girls are losing their virginity to relatives within the family. They are not going out to hang. Of course, there are those mm, who are clubbing. Mm, That's a different thing. Mm. And some of them, some of them now, now go clubbing after they've been violated in the house. And that thing, this is important for men to understand. So that my brother, when your daughter comes to you and tells you, Anko is touching me like this. Your brother is looking at me like this. It is important for you as a man, being a protector yes. of your family and a protector of your, the girl child in your house to listen to her. Okay. And not to run to this. Oh, Taibisha Jamietu, you are embarrassing. Ofimi Jomrue. You are embarrassing mm. our family. <laughs> you know, you are yeah. going to embarrass your uncle. Yeah. We don't want your uncle to go to jail and stuff like, like that. While your brother is violating your own children. Can I go further? Yeah. Yes, please. The, the tragedy is that <clears throat> for some time it has been either a brother, a cousin, an uncle, mm. even a father. Violating his own daughters. Can I continue? The okay. pain is becoming that even grandfathers are getting onto the gravy train. And this, as we talk as men in Adam's cave, we need to go back and find out where did we lose the moral, moral compass as men to go that low, to violate our own children, our own grandchildren, so when President Uhuru was talking about this pandemic, research shows many of these girls are not receiving this pregnancy from the boy across the road, a classmate, a schoolmate. If they sit and talk to you, they say, he mimba ni anko. Oh, no. He mimba ni brother angu. He mimba ni guka. When my parents went to work, we remained behind with the guka. He violated me. When I tried to tell my mother, she told me, keep quiet. Oh, it was my own father. When I told my mother, you These are things we need as men, first of all, to check ourselves, number two, start protecting our daughters from being violated in our own homes by our own relatives. And how do we go about that? <laughs> by being honest and talking about the way we are talking now. So is, it, is it safer to lock the doors? Our relatives are not allowed to be here, at least for this uh, period of time. Number one, Amani. It is, if your daughter comes to talk to you, listen to her. But before, by the time my daughter is talking to me, some things have already happened. Happened, okay. To prevent that from uh, happening. Uh, that's what I'm saying. They are good uncles. They are good grandfathers. Not all grandfathers. Mm. They are good fathers. Do you understand me now? But I'm saying, peradventure, your daughter tells you, Daddy, when you leave, uncle comes to my bedroom. Listen. Because you know exactly what she's telling you. But if she tells you, and then tell her, mm, don't tell anybody else. Oh. You keep quiet. That's why we start messing. 
That's why we are giving impunity. Mm. Can I put it this way? Mm -hmm. If someone has to go to jail, let them go. The problem is, Bishop, sometimes all these people look good. You know, I cannot allow I an relative you. to come into my house knowing that we this are not going to stop. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm hearing you. Mm. All I'm saying, let us listen to the girl child. If she tells you, Anko is touching me inappropriately, listen to her. Don't protect your husband. It's good to tell the women. Don't protect your husband when your daughter tells you, mm. Mommy, when you go to work, you are a nurse. You go to work at night. Daddy comes to our bedroom or takes me to his bedroom. Mm. Then you start saying, you, don't, you want your father to go to jail. This, this is the conversation we need to have. Even in churches, we need to have it mm. in our communities. Mm. So that when these girls start complaining, we pay attention to them. Okay. But when we, can, we tell them, Keep quiet. Utafanya baba yako afungwe. Utafanya my brother afungwe. Uta, you get me now? Mm. Uta, mm. Listen. Come on. If you have, if a man rapes a woman who's not a relative, she had a fungwa. That's what I'm trying All to right. say. And now there is this stage of, uh, let's say, teenagers or yeah. young adults, their mm. cousins. Mm -hmm. And I've had this in different media houses, some discussions there that nowadays a cousin and a cousin you know, won't mind engaging themselves in such affairs. Mm. How did we get here whereby cousins feel like it is okay? Because somewhere along the line, uh, we move, you, you, you know, the African tradition of family mm. was in a community. So that you knew your father's brother in those days yes. was either, was your father or not your uncle. Mm. Your uncle was actually your mother's brother. Yeah. Your mother's sister, that's your mother. Uh, She's not your auntie. Uh, auntie, Senje, is your father's <laughs> yes. sister. Am I talking? Yeah. And as a community, we raise these children together. You see, this challenge has come with urbanization. As we've moved, because in the village, Ayla's house was there. Mm. His brother's house was there. Mm. So you could not move from your house. Yes. You are crossing the compound. But now you are in Nairobi. You are in a two, three bedroom house. Hello? Mm -hmm. we, then someone comes from the village. You are leaving them sleeping. This urbanization is the major culprit. You'll find a lot of these complaints are happening here. So when we, when, when we went into urbanization, who, who is raising our children for us? We are talking in Adam's case. <laughs> it's no longer the community. Yes. It's the house girl and television, and now right. the internet. Mm. So this is where our children are. They don't know their cousins. They, don't, they only meet when there is either a wedding, birthday mm. party. Mm. So they have no occasions of knowing one another. And then when they meet, is superficial. <laughs> it's for that day. They, yeah. Once the cake is cut, everyone goes back into their 
existence, cocoons, and we forget one another until there's another birthday of another cousin. Yeah. So this is why suddenly this distance has grown. But where I come from originally, if I wanted to marry a girl and I brought her home, my parents would sit and say, ah, welcome, welcome. Mm. Uh -huh. And you are, name is? Okay. Uh, you said you come from? All right. And whose daughter are you? Okay. Oh, that place. Do, uh, do you know a family called so-and-so? Yes. How do you, how are you related to them? Mm. And then they say, we are, say, oh, that, in that home, you see that lady here? She's, she's my cousin. Hmm? You get me now? Yeah. So people will be educated. If you come from this area, I want you to know you are my relative. Yes. You can be married but not here. Because okay. here you are getting married. My relative. Uh, do, do you understand me mm. now? So those discussions to be there. These days, where are we meeting? They are meeting in church. They are meeting in the CU. Mm. They are meeting at university. So by the time you come to know, things have happened. By the time they bring themselves back to you, there's already a baby. Mm. Because there was no, there's no, the social fabric that was there. And this is where we're talking in Adam's cave. The men need to start cultivating that social fabric all over again. So that we can find a way. How can our children know one another, know their relatives, know the whom they're related to, know their cousins and stuff like that. Because unless I'm, the men take the lead in this matter. Mm. This is where, as men, we need this conversation. We need to do it. Because unless we take the lead, then in another two, three generations, uh, you, you, there'll be a lot of inbreeding. Mm. <laughs> mm. Yeah. For, for this man to know himself and to know his place. Yeah. Uh, of course, it's a whole community to play a role and to participate. But what is the place of the church now? In ensuring, you know, Zamani, you'd go, uh, you get circumcised, there's a celebration there, and you're told this is what it means when you, know, you go through this path. Let's call it the rites of passage. Yes. Yeah. How, how, because other communities, they go through a rites of passage, but there's mm. no circumcision. Mm. Okay. 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 Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, how does the church get effective in, in, in playing the whole game? By playing the rightful ro role of the church. The church, you see, <laughs> Eugene Patterson tells us, mm. is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. In other words, God has, in his wisdom, according to the book of Ephesians, mm. he wants the church to be an expression of his wisdom in the community. Paul says, tells Timothy, the church is, and the house of God, is not only the house of God, is the pillar and the foundation of the truth. If the church can play a rightful role, it is not just to preach on Sunday, lay hands on people, cast devils out of them, <laughs> see them fall and yeah. do bicycle kicks on the floor mm. and record that for television. That's not the role of the church. That's, that's just a very small role. But it's supposed to be a, a wholesome place where from Sunday school, we are teaching values. Christian, God, godly values to our children. So that as they grow up, Proverbs 22, 6 becomes true. Train up a child 
Where is this training going to happen? In two places. It's in the house of God and in the home. And that's where men, Adam's cave, that's where we come in. Mm. This is where God says about Abraham when he's about to give him Isaac. He says, and his, these angels are going to Sodom. They say, shall we hide from Abraham what we are about to do? Seeing that I've chosen him, that he may teach his children. That time, Abraham has, Isaac is not yet even born. Mm. In other words, the reason God kept Abraham and Sarah childless was to separate them from everybody else so that nobody teaches Abraham's child for him, that Abraham instructs his own children and his household on how to walk with God. Mm. So when Moses in Deuteronomy tells, is repeating the commandments, and he's telling the children of Israel, these commandments, you shall teach them to your children. He's not talking to the mother. He's talking to the man. Okay. As you sit in the house, as you are walking, in other words, as you are driving, because children will not learn from you because you lecture them. Mm. They learn from, by observing you, by watching you, by seeing you walk these commandments. Mm. You cannot preach water to your children and drink wine. This generation, the alpha generation, the Y generation, the Z generation cannot take hypocrisy. So, men, we've got to be authentic with our children. Let us, and that's, let me finish what I want to say. So, <laughs> in the house, that's where the man comes in because he's the main tutor. Okay. He must be the main example. Look, look at the, 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 the burden God gives to a man. The, the disciples ask Jesus, teach us how to pray. The first statement is what? Our, Our Father, who is where? In heaven. Amen. That presupposes a very important thing, that there is a father on the earth. Okay. This is a father I'm talking to. <laughs> because if the father on the earth does not reflect the father in heaven, then we are giving our children a wrong image of the heavenly father. If I'm rough, I am rude, I am... Uh, uh, I mistreat my children. They assume the heavenly father must be rough, must be rude. Mm. <laughs> do, do you understand me now? The, the, the thing is, the rough father. Okay, no, the, let, let me come to the church. Okay. You asked, you asked about the church. Okay. Okay, before I forget. All right. Okay? Uh -huh. So, the church is supposed to supplement and complement what the father, is, the parents are doing at home. Now, I'm not... When we talk about ladies, we'll talk another day. Yes. That, that's a topic of another day. Mm. Okay? Because mm. that's where Lois and Eunice come in. Mm. They knew the word. And they taught young Timothy. So until Paul says, from a child, you knew the Holy Scriptures, yeah. which are able to make you wise unto salvation. So I'm not discounting the role of single mothers. Okay. Or ladies who are married to men who are not born again. Mm. They have a very big role to play. But I'm saying, here you have the idea. I, let me use the word ideal. There's a father in this home. He loves the Lord. That's his part. So the church is supposed to supplement or this father as a prophet and as a priest in his home is doing. Now the church brings these children together and the children can see, okay, what I'm learning at home, I'm also learning 
in the house of God. Okay? So it is a double-pronged uh, approach so that the church is strengthening the values that the parents are planting, inculcating to these children. You can see the church comes in and therefore these children growing knowing at home and in the house of God, I'm learning the same thing mm. because it's in the mouth of two witnesses mm. a matter is confirmed. Mm. Amen. You are going to this rough, rough father. <laughs> yes, the rough father. <laughs> yes. The rude father. Yes. The absent father. Yes. Uh, apparently, some of them are found in church. Unfortunately. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I still want to go back to the church and ask then, how does it play that role? Because if this rude father, this absentee father, is, all, is also in church, but he comes home and the performance is, you know, as a father, is not there. I've been a pastor now, Amani, for close to 50 years. Mm. And these are stories you'll hear children telling you, Bishop, Pastor, we know what you're telling us, but you know our daddy is not born again, <laughs> you know? And that's why I tell men in the Adam's cave, <laughs> If there are people who know whether you are born again or not, it's not your pastor. <laughs> Seriously speaking, <laughs> if there are people who know whether you are born again or not, yes. it's your wife and your children. The elders are happy with you. The pastor is happy with you. Please don't take it to the bank. <laughs> yeah. I plead with you. Mm. Until your wife says, you are born again. Until your children's, and that's why God ties a lot of things to how we handle our family. Just begin with Malachi chapter two, where people, men are crying before mm. God says, God says, I'm not hearing your prayers. What? I'm not even receiving your sacrifice. Why? You have dealt treacherously with the wife of your youth. It's so clear. Mm. Peter repeats it, says, hey, men, men, be careful. Get some understanding, clear knowledge on how to live with your wife. She's a joint heir with you of the grace of life. If you mishandle her, even your prayers are not going to be heard. Mm. Confirming what Malachi is saying. Mm. Paul comes in Ephesians 6. Says, hey, 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 fathers, stop provoking your children to anger. Mm. In fact, I think one of the translations, don't know if NIV says, stop exasperating your children. Mm. Stop pushing them to a place of desperation. But rather, instruct them and teach them. So you don't sit here saying, the Bible says, children, honor your father and mother. That's good. Mm -hmm. But also, you must realize I should stop provoking my children okay. to a place where they are desperate, angry. With me, can I continue? Mm -hmm. And with God. Mm. Because I'm an example of the Heavenly Father. Oh, yeah. The church must come, to continue with your question, the church must come to a place of realizing that 
There are men in the house of God who are failing the institution of husbands and the institution of fathers. Even at the level of ministers. Yes. And that's why God gives this two-pronged approach so that what they are not getting at home, they are able to get in the house of God. Because, can I continue? Mm. Even in the Bible, we have dysfunctional families. <laughs> mm. Jacob's family was dysfunctional. <laughs> and God says, I'm still the God of Jacob. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> as dysfunctional as he was. In fact, when I study the life of Jacob, I, I laugh a bit because Jacob himself was a worshiper of God but he never taught it to his family until his daughter was raped mm. in Shechem and his sons committed murder. That's when God told him, Jacob, you will die. My covenant with you was in Bethel and we agreed you come back to Bethel and build an altar. But when Jacob came back from Laban's home, never went back to Bethel. He went to shake him. Okay. Raised an altar there. The Bible says for himself, not for God. Wow. But his wives and children are not worshipping that God because Rachel and Leah were still keeping the idols they stole from their father. Mm. It's until God dealt with him. That's what, that's what he told them. Put away. See that only a man can confront that situation in his family. Mm. Put away those gods. There's a God I worship. There's a God I, I encountered on my way to your father's house. And I made a vow to him that if he brings me back, I'll go and build an altar for him mm. in a place called Bethel. Which what's Bethel? It's the house of God mm. and the gateway to heaven. So Jacob was keeping his children from the house of God. And his daughter is raped. His sons commit murder. Mm. God had to send angels to protect them to escape out of that community. Right. And he had to go back to Bethel where he met God first. Now, raise an altar and start teaching his children mm. to worship this God of Abraham and Isaac, his father. Mm. So it was the failure of Jacob as a man. So it is important as men to realize we are not only providers and protectors but we are also priests and prophets Amen. to our families. And what you're telling me here is that we, many times we are good providers, maybe we are good protectors, but we are poor priests. Yeah. <laughs> and we are poor prophets. Mm. And that's the failure we are, we are addressing here. And it's important from, in Adam's cave to tell the men, that's, that's not a role you can abdicate to the Sunday school teacher, mm. to the pastor in the church. Mm. That's a role your children want to see you play. You know, there's a time you hear someone is born again and someone is married to a believer. Yes. Uh, for some reason, you'd be very safe and secure in that kind of marriage, Yeah. Uh, knowing that uh, they are grounded. Mm -hmm. But uh, Bishop, I'm celebrating 10 years I have celebrated 10 years in, in marriage. Oh, since you got married. Congratulations. Yes. yes. Me, I'm celebrating 46. 
Okay, let's start from there. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you 36 years. I, I I'm waiting for you to catch up. Yeah, uh, you're welcome. So, in these 10 years, I can count the friends that I have that have separated or divorced. Yeah. They are like close to 10 couples. Mm. They're not together. That, that my, rate my, of my attrition. My friends are Christians. That, that rate of attrition is very high. Yes. One per year. Yes, one higher. per year, very high. And, and that's just in your circle. Yes. Mm -hmm. How comes there is that uh, uh, increase in church divorce and separation? Yet we are grounded, yet we know the word, yet we, we minister in church. Do you have an easier question? <laughs> <laughs> because that one is the elephant in the room. Yeah. Unfortunately, Ayla, that's happened. And it should not be happened. Um, as you talk, the saddest case I experienced was a young couple that came to me after one week. They had not even consummated their marriage. They started quarreling in the reception. They went for an image, it was just a fight. They came and told me this thing can't work. Within one week, mm. talk about seven days. Less than 10 days later, they brought me the certificate. I asked them, did you consume it? They said, no, we couldn't. We were quarreling. I just told, it, told him, everybody go back to your mother. Was that a marriage yet, even without consummating? It isn't. Okay. <laughs> so marriage starts at consummation? That's a talk for another day, because mm. we're not talking about marriage here. Oh. <laughs> okay. uh, what, what I'm simply saying is that um, the fact that they are not consummated their marriage, mm. okay, because mm -hmm. there are those four pillars. Mm. There's the government certificate, the blessing of the church, mm. the blessing of the family. And then the two of you consummate. Mm. If you don't consummate, it's incomplete. You it's incomplete. Yeah. Or even you consummate, but you have no certificate. As far as the Kenya government is concerned, okay. you're not married. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 am I throwing that? Yes. I, I get on ground to say now. Mm. Uh, or you pick to another member of IG, you have a certificate, you may consummate. In, in front of your parents, because you have never come. If anything happens, they say, we don't know you. You follow me now? Yeah. So but that's a talk for another day. Mm. All I'm saying is that it's tragic that this is happening. And part of it, we can say, men, we need to talk to our boys and our young generation, the importance of the institution of marriage. And that's one thing the church ought to do. I want to pray that all churches will have a month to talk about family life. Don't just cast demons out of them. Talk about the role of a husband, the role of a wife, the role of children, the role of parents. It should be taught from the pulpit as a lesson. And then in the home also, sit with your sons, sit with your daughters. Let them know, because most of these marriages are breaking because of what we call raptured expectations. Mm. People get into marriage with 
expectations, some of them which are not realistic. That they are expecting things from this man, from this woman, that this man and this woman don't have the infrastructure to do. No man is wired to make you happy. They are looking for happiness. No woman is wired to make you happy. They are looking for happiness. No man is wired to satisfy you. They are also looking for satisfaction. And no woman, so we get into this marriage and say, you know, she, she makes me happy. She can't. She's also, she's also, she's also as, miserable, as miserable as you. Yeah. Do you understand me? Yeah. <laughs> In the days of Job Isaac Bonto, I, I was talk, talk, talking to you about the Prince of Kenyan radio broadcasters. Yes. There's a song that used to be sung by some singers from Western Kenya. And they used to go something like this. Kuimba ni naimba, lakini si naraha. Kuimba ni naimba, lakini si nanini, si naraha. But you'll see people dancing to this tune, trying to get raha from that song. When already the singer has told you, even though I'm singing. I'm not happy. I'm not happy. So if they already has confessed sina, mimi mwenye si naraha. How will you get happiness from me? If we realize I'm marrying a fellow human being. Let me go to God for my joy, my satisfaction, my peace. Then I come to this woman. Mm. I'm already satisfied in the Lord, happy in the Lord. Amen. My peace is from God. Amen. Same with her. Mm. That's what John says. If you walk in the light, because God is light, mm. and I walk in the light, because God is in the light, then we have fellowship one with another. Amen. Amen. And that's where our failure comes in. So let us not go... Into, let's teach these young people, you are marrying not an angel. Amen. Don't listen to this American song, heaven must be missing an angel. Uh. This woman is not an angel. <laughs> no, this man is not an angel. Yes. He's just a fellow African, a fellow Kenyan, a fellow mm. human being. Whatever origin they come from, like you, they are not angels. They come with their weaknesses. They come with their frailties and all that. Could, could, could these marriages also uh, being uh, affected negatively, maybe from what uh, the parents have spoken, because there is power in what pa uh, parents speak over your life as a kid. And by the way, even as you answer that, mm. Bishop, mm. when a father blesses, yes. and a mother cancels the blessing, what will be the outcome? Or, or the other way around? <laughs> That's a lot of semantics now. <laughs> <laughs> A father carries the blessing. Genesis 49. Esau went to Isaac to be blessed, not Rebecca. So even Rebecca knew Esau has gone for the blessing. She could not bless Jacob. She took Jacob to Isaac. Because it's a father who carries a blessing. And that should be the headline there. <laughs> Uh, plain and simple. So, Genesis 49. Jacob, after years, now dealt, God has dealt with him. He calls his sons. He says, come, let me bless you. Let me tell, tell you your destiny. So, those are things a father carries in a family. And that's important for fathers who are listening to me to understand. Fathers carry the blessing to release to their children. And blessings in the maneno ya mdomo. 
It's not money. money. Yeah. It's not material things. Mm. When Jacob left Isaac's home, he carried nothing. Just the blessing. That's all he went with. Am I talking to somebody here? Mm. When Esau wept, because he knew he could not weep to his mother, he wept to Jacob, mm. isn't to Isaac, sorry. Isn't there a blessing left? He told him, I've given it all to your brother, but when you break his yoke from your shoulders, you'll, be, you'll go ahead. And you'll notice when the two of them meet later, many years later, Esau had done what his father had said. He had broken the yoke of his brother. He had prospered. His brother had prospered. They were, they now, they were not even competing with one another. <laughs> Sasa. Hey, Seba. So, when you say that mama mzee mebariki, mama na kosoa, uh-uh. So the, the, it doesn't work that way. There are these women now who set their kids against their father. Yeah. And how that, that does to their children. Do, do you think women understand then how important it is for father to be in their lives? I understand the frustration of, that, of some of these mothers. So you've got to understand where they are coming from. Mm. You understand mm. me now? Mm. And uh, that's what I'm saying. There's a place for Eunice and Lois. To teach. You don't set your children against their father. Mm. Teach them the holy scriptures that will make them wise unto salvation. Okay. Am I talking to somebody here? Mm. And even if your father never blessed you because Jacob refused to bless Reuben. Mm. Genesis 49 verse 3. Mm. With the blessing of the firstborn because Reuben had offended him. Yes. He gave it to Joseph. So Joseph's two sons were blessed. So the double portion went to Joseph and was never given to Reuben. Mm -hmm. Do you understand me now? Mm -hmm. And he told him, Reuben, you shall never excel and you shall remain as stable as water. It took a spiritual authority in Moses, Deuteronomy chapter 33, verse 6, to come and say, and let Reuben live and not die. And let his men not be few. What was Moses doing? He was reversing. A spiritual authority can reverse what an earthly father did. Okay. Wow. And when you say spiritual authority now in our Your pastor? Your pastor can do that. So if your father did not bless you, your pastor who is your spiritual father can release a father's blessing on your life. I've done that for many of my sons. Their fathers died before they blessed them. They do not know what we are talking about. So I, I call them. Some of them, I, I, I told them, just bring the soil of where you are working or where you are living. And as a father, let me release a blessing on you. So in Deuteronomy chapter 36, you find Moses as a spiritual authority blessing all the sons of Jacob again. And he reverses the curse that was put on Reuben. Mm. Because... A, a spiritual father comes with spiritual authority. But don't be, if I were you, not lose sleep on curses. Because a curse without a cause has no effect. Okay. Because <laughs> a father, you cannot just wake up and say, I walk around, I feel like cursing my children. You cannot curse them. It, no. Okay. There must be a cause. So to Jacob, there was a cause. And that cause should also make sense to God. Yes. All right. Okay. In, this, in the case of Noah, there was a cause. A father's blessing and curse must be provoked. Okay. You don't just receive. Oh. You've got to provoke it. For a father to curse you, for it to hold, you must have provoked it. Mm. It doesn't just hold. So if your father just curses you and you have done nothing, 
Ah, my, 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 my brother, live in peace. <laughs> my sister, live in peace. All That's right. a curse without a cause. That's got no effect. Wow. <laughs> Time is not on our side, Bishop. But please look to your camera and address that man. Address that father. Please don't leave behind that woman who I feel for some reason has been setting his ki her kids against the father. Amani Aila, I want to differ with you. Hey. I told you I understand. I, I've been a pastor for many years. And, and I know you, you are the one who told me about the rough fathers. Yes. Yeah. So I know some of these women are coming from a place of abuse and mistreatment. Yeah. And they don't want their children. They are trying to be, as a mother, they are trying to be protective on their children. Okay. You understand I get, me now? I get you. And that's what I'm saying. <laughs> you are like Lois and Eunice, the mothers of Timothy, whose father was not a believer, mm. but they took time to teach Timothy the Holy Scriptures and model a life of faithful living. Until Paul says, Timothy, uh, from a child you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise to salvation. And he challenges Timothy to live a life of faith, knowing from whom he learned it, from Lois and from Eunice, his mother and grandmother. And therefore, mothers, listen to me. There is a place for you. But to, to teach what you do, teach your children the Holy Scriptures. Don't set them against their fathers. Let them see the things the Bible teaches. Let them walk in scripture. That's what I'll encourage this mother to do. And for you fathers, it's your responsibility. If you are there, bless your children. Bless your wife. Don't cast them. Don't use negative terms on them. Because a father's words, like the words that Jacob was speaking, Genesis 49, over his 12 sons, those words were very powerful until he took a spiritual authority like I. And I'm saying to somebody here, amen, listening to me. Maybe your father died before he blessed you. Maybe, maybe your mother did something, your grandmother did something that made your grandfather make a mention about your grandmother's line or your father's line. I come as a spiritual authority. I come as Moses to declare, may you live. May your days not be few. May God's favor rest upon you. May the earth upon which you walk favor you. And the skies under which you walk let them release your inheritance. Because they bless you as a father. Because that's what fathers do. We bless our children. We are prophets. Prophets are for encouragement, for building, and for strengthening. Not for cursing. No. That's our role. That's our work. Let's do it. And God bless you. Amen. From Adam's cave. Wow. What a wonderful show. Thank you so much, Bishop. So, come on, go out there. You carry the blessings. May the Lord... Uh, empower you where you are, equip you to be a blessing to your family. Have a good evening. Amani Abuana, you and I.